Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Alexander on the skip, got it to the corner, and an open look for three for Mason Miller, his 12th three of the year. On some early fouls, just so active. On the road, you can't do it. Nemhard for three, and the largest lead for Creighton at seven. Three and a half minutes to play, and you can't allow Creighton to stay comfortable up six. Shireman, another! Michigan punt. Goodness, what a turn of events. Wilcher trying to quench that run, and he does with a three. That's big. Another go from Reese. Good defense by Williams. Williams has played really well on both ends of the floor. With the scoop at the rim. It's Thursday morning here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking in my chair... What to talk about first? He's Damon Benning. I'm, a- I'm Andrew Rogers, and we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club, and I mean that. 888-638-4876. I really do mean, what are we going to talk about first? Does it begin with, you know, I wake up this morning and see uh, one of the bigger blockbuster trades of the year in the NBA. Is it? College basketball, college hoops with both local teams on the hardwood last night, excluding UNO. Is it the Metro Coaches Conference, which is probably most intriguing to me? There is so much to get to on the show, and we promise to cover every bit of it. And, uh, you know, it's a perfect time to set up the show, too, because for lack of a better term, I don't normally do that. That's a lot. Not in time. It's a lot going on. Brandon Vogel comes our way at 7.45. We will talk to him um, about all things Nebraska sports. We'll talk to Mitch Sherman at 8 o'clock, top of the hour. Uh, he wrote a pretty nice piece on Dylan Rayola a couple of days ago. You know, it's uh, interesting. I, 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 we, we weren't going to do it. And we also spoke that into existence yesterday. Right, we weren't going to do it. <laughs> right? It's like, ah, you know, he's making the radio rounds. And I don't. Full disclosure, like, you probably don't know this about me. Like, if we don't go early, I'm probably not going to want to do it because I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. But when it comes to Mitch Sherman, who cares? And I think we have a he, – he and I have a different relationship than he does with a lot of other people in the area. And I think we can take it a different direction than some of the obvious, right? Especially knowing Dom. 
uh, Donnie, and I don't know Dylan Big as well. Big but Well, I mean, just knowing the family and Yvonne, who doesn't get near enough run, I think in this whole in this whole process, uh, we were overlooking that, and so I, I'm like, okay. And plus, Mitch's daughter appears to be pretty bright, so we're gonna follow her lead. <laughs> talk and talk to dad. Uh, and what else do we have? We have Brian Edwards at eight forty-five. We'll Are we gonna try to make some money. I'm gonna money, hope, man. Money, I mean, money, money. Miserable last weekend. Was it? Uh, oh yeah. We don't even have to get into that. No, and then no. the sports six pack at eight thirty. We have your <laughs> questions, and uh, we will answer those. And if you want. Anything else answered, send them in. Maybe we'll replace one. Yeah. If you like your question more, send them in. You can find us. Uh, well, right now we're on 590 ESPN Omaha. We are 1480 ESPN Lincoln. We are live on Twitter and YouTube. And I'll tell you what. If you comment on YouTube, if you comment on YouTube, that's where I tend to see the questions more. Yeah. So if you have a question you don't want to call in, head over to YouTube. Comment get, it that way. I get a lot of DMs. Yeah, that is probably db's thing but it's very very hard sometimes full disclosure to manage them for me to keep up so i'll keep them on on like i'll i can alert myself little blue dot like if i haven't read them and and i typically try to get to them because it's a long long day yesterday right with a sick kiddo and picking up kids to and from school and multiple games to watch and was surprised by I wasn't surprised. Surprised at 10D of the Metro Coaches Clinic because I wasn't going to go. So I had to come home. I'm walking you. What time is it? About 9.30? Yeah, roughly. And, I, and I'm screenshotting you different points in the basketball game because I'm like, there's so much in this thing. I, You know, according to some, you know, this is one of those jobs where you don't do a ton of show prep. Mm-mm. Yeah. That one bit, not a lick. Just kind of roll out of the rack and get to it. But (laughs) there were so many interesting things going on simultaneously. So, and Micah comes in the kitchen and he's like, is this live? It's like, first of all, go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, but they're playing in Las Vegas. It's like 9.30, no. (laughs) Um, And and he goes, oh, because Nebraska played Michigan earlier. And I was like, bro, think about it. They play a doubleheader. And then I, because, well, five minutes earlier, he saw me watching Creighton. Because I was going back and forth. Because in my head, I was like, wow, both teams, one, the team we're rooting for, the other, the opponent, started to pull away about the same point in both games. So now it's just going back, mm-hmm. looking at weird things. like, And uh, so, of course, you don't go to bed for a long time. And, man, I'm not a note guy. You know this. You sit next to me almost every oh, day. Oh, yeah. You show up and you have a notepad. So there are so many things that I wrote down from this coach's clinic that I was like, how are we going to get this in? Hoops. And the NBA trade. And I know what people are saying, except for Joel Lorenzi, who's, who added me already over me changing my avatar. <laughs> uh, how are we going to get in the NBA? And people are like, who care about, about the, the NBA? NBA. <laughs> Which, hey, I'm one of you. I <laughs> care about the NBA. I'm one of them. <laughs> but, hey, it's it's. Do you know how thankful I am about. you like baseball, too? Because if you weren't a baseball guy and we were going to have to dance around baseball during baseball season. you imagine? I was going to have to that's, fight you. That's the long season. <laughs> <laughs> that's the long one. But, Drew Down, we have to – it's KYA, right? you got to know your audience. I don't know mm-hmm. how – you know, I don't know if in a – will live local radio carry – 
baseball discussion, but we'll we'll sprinkle mm-hmm. it in because I think both of us have a passion for it. Oh yeah. Well, and when it when it comes to the NBA. As much as people want to say they don't really care what's going on, they, they like to know what's going on because other people in conversation will bring it up, especially when it comes to the bigger names in basketball. Yeah. And one they being Katie. They don't call travel. Another one being Kyrie. I'm not watching it. All right, then, buddy. I don't want to do any impersonations because Hater John. Remember I told you about Jay Rich? Great yes. guy. Supports almost everything I do. Just a hater, though. Doesn't like nothing's good. Doesn't uh, impersonations aren't good. And are you serious? I hate your food takes. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, with friends like you, who needs enemies? He's an eternal pessimist. Sure thing, man. (laughs) Write that down. Come on, Jay Rich. Let's not invite him to breakfast. Well, I'm not gonna come. Well, I'm gonna come anyway, just to spite you. (laughs) Exactly. I don't like the menu. What's on the menu? All right, Jay Rich. Just make him think he wins. It's what hockey dads do, man. <laughs> hey, speaking of hockey, this weekend, big, What's up, Doc? Se- big series for Omaha yeah. as they take on Colorado College. If they win, or sweep, I should say. If they sweep, it'll be the first time at Baxter Arena that Omaha hosts a Omaha. playoff game. How about um, Mr. Forward Thinker, Athletic Director Adrian Getting Gab's contract done early. <laughs> As he should. In the summer. <laughs> Which is funny because when you think about what they went through last season and the turnover they had to overcome, you're buying into a guy Listen. that is dealing with a bunch of new faces. And it's like, does that? when is the right time to extend a contract? Is it at the beginning of that? Or is it like, let's wait and see how he does with this new group. But it was, Adrian thought, the first option. Like, you know hey. how authentic he is and how real that was? And I think we'll get into authentic here in a minute with this coach's clinic. But So you, I told you we grabbed a bite to eat last week. We just talking about a multitude of things. I just like picking his brain because I think. Did he have a spotted cow with lunch? He loves himself some spotted no, cow. No, it was uh, just water. I think I was the only one that had anything different because my buddy went uh, who handles a lot of the, but you have juice, my difficult documents. Milk. Club soda. Oh. Hater. <laughs> Friggin' Jay Rich. Um, chocolate milk? <laughs> I don't like chocolate. What? Heck no. Get out of town. Uh, he's. They were kind of doing the, you know, whatever, negoti- just talking through the contract, wanting to get at him early. And, and Adrian was basically saying, hey, listen, you know, I want to have some patience. I know you're growing the program. And he said Gab stopped him dead in his tracks. And he's like... I think we got a chance to be pretty good this year. In the summer, Gabs, and that's Gabs' that. mentality. No matter who's <laughs> on the team, I was like, really? I feel like he could have a team. So he knew the defense was going to show up thing. a little bit. He's going to get pretty savvy behind the pipes, and apparently so. That was in the summer. So so good on both those mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm 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 team team Adrian. Good meeting point, but. You know, before <laughs> and I, I think I like talking to people that are smarter than me, that look eighty thousand times younger than me. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude is hitting the fountain of youth. Looks like he's ten. Oh yeah, <laughs> I listened to you his would vernac- not think he's. I listened to his director. vernacular and I was like, "Hey, not a kid. He's pretty smart. He just looks he's twelve. So, he's so cool too. Oh, for sure. Like his charisma my, is. Cool. My man was rocking the jeans and the blazer. I'm telling you, that's what he does. And his shoe game. <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to 
Oh, I would. If I saw you. <laughs> oh, wearing, I know you would. If he was wearing jeans. Because I would be like, come on, bro. Like <laughs> well, the first five days we were on each other. Do you ever wear the same pair of shoes two days in a row? Speaking I like, of, I haven't seen these uh, white 270s. I don't wear them too much because they're white. But I, whatever. Speaking of white, Tony White was at the coaches conference. He's so good. Uh, yesterday evening. So good. Did you just hear some? That's Shane uploading, up, uploading. I was like, uh, I felt like somebody was hiding in the corner over there. Their alarm's going off. Full disclosure, this may take 18 segments. I've been to a ton of these. I'll, I'll be at one in Minnesota mm-hmm. here in a, in a month, right? Go to a ton of clinics. This one last night, and I'm not, I don't have to validate that. I think people know me. I, I'd rather be right than well like, so I'm not going to tell you anything mm-hmm. I don't believe. Oh. Without question, the best Nebraska-led Metro Coaches Clinic we've had. For a multitude, and it doesn't shock me. For like, a that mu- does not shock me. For a multitude of reasons. Even when Coach Callahan came, because if you get the head coach, it's pretty legit, right? So Coach Callahan came, we didn't get any staff. When Bo was here, we got a couple staff, we didn't get Coach P, and then vice versa. Um. Coach Riley was hit a little bit by COVID. He, I think he wanted to do it, but um, the second year, something happened with, with who we got. And then Coach Frost's first year was our last year at Champions Club. We got Austin, Held came. Uh, Coach Lubick, was, that was his first year coming after Walters was let go. But we didn't get the head coach. So it was kind of different. Last night, you got the head man, your OC, your DC, support staff, of course, Ed Foley. Because you can't go anywhere without Ed Foley. I just, I, I he, he had our, well, I should say the other way around. Our special teams coordinator, Doc Morvek, had Ed Foley like hemmed up in the corner. I felt bad. I'm like, these are two big brain guys that are going to be back there talking about mental edge for Whatever. And they were talking about food the whole time? Uh, he did say, he did when he was addressing the crowd. He's like, yeah, we'll take some food takes. But it's just good. You know, I got to I got the chance to see some guys that I um, don't mm-hmm. don't always get to see. Um, saw Coach Martin, my former coach, and Coach O'Neill, and that staff at North, so that was good. Gave Coach Huffman a big old hug. Talked to Coach Yonk at prep. Right. I think it drives people crazy that Coach Huffman and I are, are buds, but... It's my friend, man. Like, I don't care if you guys are mad at him because he has playmakers in purple. I just, you know, he didn't have the flat bill on last night. He was he was clean shaven, old Coach Huffman. So it's all good. By the way, you know, has great hair. Coach Yonk at prep has great hair. A full head of wavy, pretty gray hair. I'm like, dang. Thanks man. for adding in gray. I'm sure he really likes that. He's a he's he'd look great. Sits in the back, kind of minds his own business. He's a super. But do you dude. like gaze over at him and you picture him on Pegasus I with know. his hair and flowing it's, and in I'm, the wind? It's such <laughs> blasphemy too, being a West Side guy that I like. I have an affinity for two head coaches at prep. Right? It's like, yeah, not well, just you. Watch your mouth out, young man. I'm cool though. I love my staff. I think it's a family thing over in the team Lamanzi, team Sakura, team Halverson at West Side. You know, I'm happy that you broke down previous coaching clinics because last night when you sent me the photo of rule actually there i'm like dude call me oblivious call me 
uneducated, uninformed, caught napping, whatever you want to say. Like, is it common for the head coach to be there? Because I, I I'd say knew, typical. I knew that Frost was someone that it's, like, it's never really wanted to do something like that. Atypical. And so I'm, I'm happy you broke that down because it, it then led me into thinking about what we talked about with Sam on Monday and what we heard from Tepper last week about talking about Rule being a CEO. Mm-hmm. And it made me think even deeper and uh-huh. further down the road because not only is he a CEO for his people, He's a CEO for the state. Yeah. Like, let, let's be real here. Educating high school coaches and making them honorary extensions of the Nebraska football program. He's taking the baseball approach. He's building a farm system. He teaches those that teach his future. Like, <laughs> say, let me say that one more time. He's teaching those that teach his future. I didn't even tell you this. You know what he said last night to the high school coaches? He said, you guys are the last line of defense before they get to college coaches. He said, I don't care if you're UNK, if you're UNL, if you're Northwest Missouri State, you're the last line of defense. And he had a ton of great lines, but he dropped this little nugget to the high school coaches. He said, and here's the deal. I get to coach who I want to. We we get we get the best of the best. We we get to pick. He said you guys get to coach who comes to you, meeting them right where you're at. I have a special place in my heart for high school coaches. My dad was not only a preacher, he was a high school coach. And the room you just kind of got the sense that it was like all in. And then he dropped this little chicken nugget. Practice is wide open. I love football. I don't care if it's the Thursday before Michigan or the Wednesday before Minnesota. We want you around our program. You want to come to strength and conditioning? 6 a.m., come to strength and conditioning. You want to come to 7-on-7? Seven seven? Come to 7-on-7. Seven seven. Bring your kids. Don't bring your kids in their phone. I want to be around football, guys. So be worried about football. But br- I just was Football's like... Football's church. I, I, th- th- there was, a, there, again, multitude of things. I'm glad we have multiple segments. Hopefully we can get to Creighton and Nebraska basketball. But Hey, that's what the morning dumps for, too. Listen, it was... It was unbelievable. And how many head coaches just hand out, just save their number out? That's what I was going to ask you next because something you said, you know, to me earlier this morning, it was, hey, you know, he just kind of like threw his number around like. He's like, hey, I'm 980 and I'm. And he said like it a so high school girl wanting attention. That's no, that's Matt Rule. He said it so around. smooth. I'm guessing half the room missed it. Well, because they are captivated yeah. by what he's saying up there. there. There's no question he went through the philosophy. He talked mission versus purpose, uh, what they're about, his learning paradigm, which looks a lot like Maslow's hierarchy when you get to a spot where it's like auto-response and memory and learning. 
he talked about where a, a multitude of coaches kind of gravitate towards and where they stay. They stay in – so I don't know. I'd have to ask him if he wants me to tweet it out. But there's this – there's a – and I'm sure some other people are using it, right? But there's this phase. It's one, two, The four three. stages of learning? Pretty much, yes, because he's an education guy. And that, that's, that, that's what it was. And so he's talking about where coaches tend to gravitate and where they don't get better because the first part that he talked about was ignorance, right? Unconscious incompetence. I always tell you this. Why do I give grace? Because I think there's a difference between being stupid, choosing to make a choice <laughs> to not know <laughs> versus, hey, I just don't know what I know, right? Like, Conscious incompetence. Two, and he split it into mistakes and confusion. It was called, it's conscious incompetence. I kind of know. I don't have it quite mastered mm -hmm. yet. It's a little bit of a struggle. Do you notice how he spelled mistakes? Yeah. M-I-S-T-A-K-E-S. But he put a hyphen. I know. Because it's not only a mistake, it's a mis- Take. Yeah. And I thought that was really, Who really interesting. So you're just like carving through this bad boy. Uh -huh. Good on you. <laughs> Step three is conscious competence. You know about it, but you have to think about it. And he said, you know what? Do you know where most coaches gravitate towards? And three. We don't go to the, to the memory. You know it well. You don't have to think about it. Unconscious. Unconscious competence. I would venture to say that even top of the charts, mastery, I bet Rule wouldn't even put him up there. He I bet he wouldn't put himself up there because then he wouldn't have room to grow himself. He would probably put himself on the border. He would never say, hey, I've done it. I've mastered it. Blown away. Just, you know, um, walked us through kind of what they're about. And he said a couple of things that I think we really, really try to do with our culture at the high school. He talked about common language. He says a lot of people want to fast forward to the to the fruit. He said, but there's this part that you have to go through with common language and doing things the same way and understanding that everything counts. Everything counts. We dress the same, we wear the same things in the weight room, the regimen 1% better every day. Like, everything counts. How you keep your locker room. Some people, he calls it old school. I call it best practices. I really do. It's an educational term. Best practices. Like, you know, people always say, oh, you know, they, they get into politics. and like, oh, you know, conservative. And, right. well, you know, uh, two-parent households tend to do better. Rate. Uh, listen, that's not a... That's not a liberal or conservative thing. That's a, that's a best practices thing throughout history. Like, let's not give that, <laughs> let's not give that mm -hmm. a right or left. That's just, that's just best practices, right? Doesn't ensure success, but more times than not. And that's how I kind of felt about with, with the coaching thing. And he's talking about common language. And he said, you know what? Common language builds discipline. It holds you accountable when people deliver consistency in the message using the same verbiage. Uh, it sound, listen, it sounds elementary. 
These are things that we try to practice. I just don't know why people don't do it. But you have to be super secure to administer these kinds of philosophies. Can't be looking over your shoulder, which is why I love what Coach Brown said about he's just fearless. And you, I think you have to be like that in this job because they. I said it for anybody that's ever heard me for ten years. I said this program needs discipline. It's not a talent thing. The talent thing will help, but it needs discipline. You know, you talk about the conversation of elementary. Everybody in life wants to surround themselves with somebody that's smarter than them. You would think. But and it, deep down, like, even if you think you're the smartest person in the room, like, there is probably something in, deep inside of you that is, hey, Wouldn't I'm battling a, a left and right a tug of war match of hey, I I need to surround myself with like people that think like me or think more than me, and the best thinkers break it down at an elementary angle. We'll continue this conversation next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back to the show. 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved, it's Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln. Live on Twitter, live on YouTube, and uh, get involved with the show. Again, 888-638-4876. We'll continue our conversation from last segment because it's just fascinating. It really is to talk about not only the head coach being in town last night and delivering... Uh, a presentation for other high school coaches in the area, but the offensive coordinator was with him and the defensive coordinator was with him, and it's a rarity that you bring all three of them together. But to finish off my point before we went into the break, I want to add something to what I was saying. Maybe it's not everybody wants to surround themselves with somebody that's smarter than them, mm-hmm. but the, the best learners, the best listeners will do that. And that's the people you had in the room last night. And those are the people that Matt Rule goes to talk to. He's not going to sit down with you in a room if you think you're smarter than he is. I I mean, maybe he will. Maybe he would have a conversation about that. But more times than not, he doesn't think he's the smartest person in the room. So why would he want to surround somebody with somebody that he wouldn't normally, you know, be friends with, talk to, things like that? So uh, I kind of wanted to come full circle with that point because I was rushed into the break. But, you know, all in all, it is, it is amazing how much presence this staff has taken in the community so early on. So I've, I've, I've been watching this from day one, as you know, right? Because it's kind of the core of who I am. I just want to know what makes people think. Right, I, I wanted to be a profiler when I was growing up, and this is after I wanted to be a sanitation worker. But I, I, I just think it it helps me better navigate 
what I'm dealing with, right? It's, 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 I, told, I gave you the analogy of why I watch film. And I, I try to figure out, like, why I gravitate towards them. Like, what's different? Right? Because I try to be cognizant of not rushing to just, you know, be all in. And I want to I, I wanna, wanna be careful and do my due diligence because, obviously, you could have some big decisions coming up here in uh, the next calendar year. And, and I don't want to be... I want to be on point, right? But I figured out kind of what I, I think I figured out. There's there's two things that I like. Number one, it's the authenticity. They did last night what I've wanted multiple staffs to do up to this For years point. now. Years. And I've said it. Come to Omaha. Break bread. Let folks ask questions. And other coaches' staffs have done clinics. So hear my heart. I'm talking about the open dialogue on what they believe, what's the philosophy, how they envision the state helping, where they could be better. He said, hey, listen, if you don't like something about what we're doing from a clinic standpoint, tell me. We'll fix it. He said, he, Coach Rule, said, hey, I don't know. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win at some point. I do. But if we don't, do you know what I'll do? I'm going to own it. I'm going to own every bit of it. Do you know why? Because it's part of our culture. What's the culture? Well, it's us, which tugged at my heartstrings. Clint, Clint, I played with a guy one time that we were having a tough stretch with like media scrutiny and we we're playing some tough games and we hadn't gotten over the hump yet against beating good teams and Clinton one time he said, you know, this ain't got he said, this ain't got nothing to do with anybody else. This is about us. This is about us. And so we started saying all the time, it's all about us. It's all about us. His number one point last night, it's about us. I'm like It's all in the family. And I'm sitting back, I'm in the very back, just I'm listening and I'm like, I could just feel my heart. I'm like, man, here we go. And he talked about one percent. 1%. Am I better today than I was yesterday? Is this workout better today than it was yesterday? And how do I operate at maximum capacity? When he talked about everything counts. Right? I gave you the analogy. Wearing the same thing. How do we live? The, the not being different. The talking to one another. The getting to know your teammates. Sitting with different people. Seems old school. I call it best practices. But my favorite at the very end of the of the four-prong deal was own it. Own it. Whatever happens, he's got that cycle of the sequence of a play. And at the very end, it's own it and then snap it again. Own it and then snap it again. And again, he put it on the coaches. He said, who's the greatest perpetrator of this? Coaches. Because what do we do when you come back to the sidelines? Hey, what happened three plays ago? <laughs> like, what were you doing on, you know? What were you doing against Veer? Get head down. You know, and it's like, again, it's disarming. It takes away the ammo and it lessens the fear factor that you're talking to somebody that's like you. Those are the people that best communicate and best lead. He, he's disarming because at no point does he really separate 
you from him from himself. Coach Satterfield had a great line last night. He was using these clips, and and he's a he can entertain a room. And he, he was talking X's and O's. So sometimes that can get convoluted, especially if you don't use the same verbiage and stuff. But he's just basically talking concepts about some things. And he goes, I don't even know why I put this play in here except for this is what we should have done. I just want to show you the concept of how it works on mm-hmm. all levels. And he goes, you know, he called him Matt. But Coach Rule always says, listen, the more times you say what we should have done, what we could have done, he should have done this. He said at some point that means you can't coach. <laughs> so I – so I don't like putting all these clips in here, and I just stopped. And I'm Stamp like, "Stamp that down, tweet it, let's go." <laughs> At some point, if you keep reiterating what somebody should have done, right, that means you can't coach. Should have, what it could have. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I wanted to run out on Dodge Street and just go own it, just own it. And he's like speaking. He's like speaking to me. Right, as as a person and how I like to learn, right? I told you however this came up a couple weeks ago. No real growth ever happened to me until I went through my divorce. And I had to own it. I could have made a ton of excuses. Oh, she didn't do this, or she said this, or this hurt my feelings, or this ha-. No, man, at the end of the day, I made bad decisions. And I had to own that. And that level of vulnerability in terms of that mm-hmm. is f- it's weird, but there's something freeing about it. There's just something freeing about that level of authenticity in terms of what he's asking for from his players. And I think the high school coaches will respond because they'll go to work for him. You're, you're more apt to have a kid look at a school if you know what those coaches are about. You know, if I'm Coach Clemenger or if I'm any of these coaches around the Metro and I got a kid or, you know, Coach Huffman or Coach Yonk or um, any of these guys, right, Coach Mackey at Benson, I – Hey, do I feel good about sending my kids here? I gotta, I'd like to know what I'm dealing with. And they were just super forthright. I don't know. There, there, was, a, there was a ton, a ton of life lessons. And I don't know, it's one of the best ones that I've been a part of. I'd be yeah, curious. You know, you talk about just, just owning it. And, you know, there's a lot that you probably took away from, from the entire thing. But, you know, because I want to – I want to wrap this thing up. We have about a minute 48 left uh, before we talk to Brandon Bogle. Give or take a minute. Um, But I want to ask you, what do you think most coaches took away from this? Because that's what you took away. That's how you learn. That's your personality. But if you ask the majority of coaches from something like this, like what do you think they took away most? Um, I, I Like if I'm being honest, I think the natural reaction – the initial gut reaction was to compare and contrast. I think the initial reaction was, oh, this is refreshing. And, you know, I'm happy you said that. Because we're, not, we're not used to this. Because this is what I wanted to that's, that would saying. be that's, that's what I think the right. gut this, reaction This is was. what I want to end up saying. And this is kind of like maybe thinking like the fans out there. Because they haven't seen something like this in so long, it's easy to get overexcited about mm-hmm. it. But I would... I would say be, be conscientious of, you know, if this doesn't continue, don't, like, get your hopes too far up. Now, while saying that, I don't think that's even a possibility <laughs> because of what 
Rule and his staff are currently doing and what they have done in such a short amount of time. But it, in life, it's easy to get lazy about your job. We've seen that with mm. previous coaches. But if Matt Rule was lazy, he wouldn't be coaching right now. He would be sitting on his couch raking in millions of dollars, playing Madden, and watching Coffee and Cream like you are on YouTube right now. <laughs> That's what he would be doing. So he... His whole, his whole thing, his authenticity, how genuine he is, his pull of bringing his family from one state to another, you don't do that if you're not going to go all in, and he's all in. So stick with that with the program, and uh, we'll follow things up with Brandon Vogel next. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, back with you on Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers, and joining us now is Brandon Vogel. He is the managing editor of HaleVarsity.com. Brandon, good morning. Morning. How are you? Happy Vogues. We are good, man. How about you? Up and at him? Up and at him. Got the kids to daycare successfully, so... That's always achieved our first big task of the day. <laughs> I'm sure it's a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> yes, everybody's out of the house. Let's go. Hey, Vogues, I got a question. So uh, last night, a ton of storylines in sports, whether it's KD getting traded to Phoenix, whether it's uh, the Metro Coaching Clinic here and down, whether it's Nebraska basketball, Creighton basketball, wherever your mind leads you. But uh, we spent the last two segments talking about the Metro Coaching Clinic. And the biggest takeaway that I had was how refreshing it probably was not only for the high school coaches in town, but the fans to see not only Matt Rule, but the two coordinators travel with him to put something like this on. Um, for one, what's your reaction to that? And two, if you had to address skeptics, because, I mean, this is a year of kind of wait and see, um, is this something you envision being continued by this coaching staff for years to come? I, I think so. I mean, my I guess my takeaway from this staff to this point is, you know, every time a new staff, I think, comes in, they're going to say the right things about the importance of local recruiting and wanting to be out there and be get to know get to know people. This staff has has really put that into action so far, in my opinion. Um, when you look at how all of the schools Ed Foley has been to, when you look at Matt Rule just talking about the the value he places on these clinics, they're not just a thing that like we got to do to yeah. say that you know we're we're trying to be in the community. No, I want this to be a thing where coaches like don't want to miss it, and that that can be the case if I'm speaking. That can be the case if I bring in a special featured guest. And with this one, it made a lot of sense to not just have the head coach there, but get both coordinators, I think, was really important. Uh, we haven't talked about this, but you're spot on. Uh, so I got to ask you, because I got this in text, and I'm going to ask it in line with this question. Because um, it's easy to drink the Kool-Aid, and I think you said something, and I'm like, I, I want to know what gives you that impression. The tail end of the text from my guy was, and he's a Texas fan, okay, full disclosure. And he says, I'm a fan of rule. And to be an East Coast guy that is beloved by Texas high school coaches then and now, he has to be authentic. 
What? Okay, so that's his impression, and he's got people back in Texas. How? Where'd you? What gives you that idea that you just said he loves doing this? This is who he is, like the high school thing. Like, what's giving you that impression? Because I think I you're think, spot on. Yeah, I, well, I think the, the the key case study there is his his arrival at Baylor, and you know, talking about Texas, like. That's that's big time high school football, probably as big as it gets when you look at the massive like the power of the organization that those coaches have that coach high school football in Texas is massive. And there was a a big degree of skepticism when he got that job. And we already know, you know, how he tried to address that Um, hired a coach like Joey McGuire, made some other key hires, things he's doing here again at Nebraska with Texas, uh, which is interesting. But it's it's that word authenticity that comes down to it. And and every time I hear rule talk, I get a little bit better sense for myself of that, of like, you know, this isn't just the things you're supposed to say, even though it fits with that. Um, the guy just is. He's like, it's it. it it's not that big a deal. Like we're here. We we've done, we know we've done these jobs before we've done a good job based on our career progression and we're confident we can do it again. doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. Maybe it could. Um, but let's just, let's just shoot it straight and, and be real with it. And, and it's the being real piece of it that I think goes the furthest with, with coaches anywhere, but certainly coaches here. We're talking to Brandon Vogel, managing editor for Hale Varsity. Toss him a follow on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Uh, Brandon, Rule was labeled as a CEO head coach by Tepper last week. I know I'm kind of like beating that storyline, but that CEO, those three letters really stick in my brain whenever we talk about Matt Rule because it's not only within his own house, but beyond, especially because he put himself in front of all those high school coaches last night. What do you like most about rules all in the family approach, especially teaching those that teach his future? Uh, I, I think it's pretty big. Um, <laughs> you know, when you look at so some a lot of people on the staff he's he's worked with previously, got a couple of new guys. It's it's a young staff. Um, and. The more I think about it, I think that becomes really important. Being able to put trust in in a guy like Garrett McGuire, who, you know, kind of the the reservations anybody might have come built in. He's really young, uh, hasn't had a ton of experience, but rules done that. You know, a guy like Evan Cooper, who I think everybody really, really likes, was that guy at at Temple, Um, gave him kind of his his first chance in, in the coaching ranks. So doing that, putting that trust in in your assistance like being sure in the job that they can do even if you might be the only one who sees it and then and then putting the trust do it do it we'll still still kind of kind of a hand, hand, hand the, on the picture sure it's, 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 it's the ultimate i think example, example of CEO, the CEO, the coach, coach, i basically basically have that now now in, in college, college football, football. Shane, can you hear that? Okay, is that coming through out over the air, Brandon? Yeah, you're, let's you're, uh, let's try and get Brandon out and get him back. Brandon, we're going to reconnect with you here in a sec. Sounds good. Sounds good. He sounds like a uh, an alien. Or like he was underwater. Maybe, maybe, maybe he came down from outer space to give us to give us this talk. My man T Mac said he doesn't want you to be drinking the Kool Aid, but it sounds like you are. It's kind of hard not to, isn't it? Um, I, I fight it. 
Yeah, I fight it. I've been telling you this for right, and you know this is coming from somebody that didn't grow up in Nebraska. So it's not that I'm drinking the Kool Aid of the team; it's that I'm drinking the Kool Aid of the man. And I think you're more, more than I think you're more of a skeptic than not because you're very uh, yeah. inquisitive. Yeah, I like to ask questions. <laughs> yeah, but if my questions are answered, then yeah, I'd probably drink the Kool Aid of that person. It's We're back with Brandon Vogel, by the way. Vogel, welcome back, man. How do you sound? Oh, uh, let's Fantastic. see. Fantastic. All, go. All good in the hood. Yeah. In the neighborhood. So, Brandon, let me, let's, I'm going to stay with that just for a sec, just because I, you've heard me for a long, long time, and I said, wow, I just wonder why more coaches at the helm here don't just get their message out, talk with high school coaches, be inviting, be engaging, because they'll be your biggest advocates. Up to this point – why do you think that has been so hard to do? Because to Andrew's point, what's the word that we clamored for the last two years? We wanted the staff to have a CEO. Funny how the plane is kind of starting to land. What is it? Um, I think the best way that I, I've come up to, to put this, at least how I feel about it, is Matt Rule is maybe the first coach since since Pelini started, you know, going back to 2008. And I don't even know if I'd put Callahan in this category where I don't get a sense from this staff of the weight of the Nebraska job, of the enormity of Nebraska football and its, its storied history. And it doesn't mean that there's not respect there for it because I think there clearly is um, – but it goes back to, you know, a lot of these things that we're seeing in this this stage kind of feel familiar familiar to the Temple playbook and the Baylor playbook. And that can be a double-edged sword at times. But, you know, Scott Frost, thinking back to when, when he came on in that initial press conference, like it was clear, and he had a unique time at Nebraska, certainly. Um, it was clear that he was aware of some of the the challenges that come with being the head coach at a place like this. Mike Riley, it was a little bit harder to see. I don't feel like he was consistently chafing against that, but I always got a sense he was aware of kind of the enormity of, of this thing. Matt Rule's aware of it, but I don't feel like it weighs him down on a day-to-day basis. I don't feel like he feels a ton of pressure from that. And I think that's that's really key. Um, it can, you know, if you get into your, your fan hat a little too much, it can make you feel like, well, you know, it does, does he view this as could, could this Nebraska job be the Iowa job? Could it be the Wisconsin job? Maybe the answer is yes. And maybe that's a good thing. Hey, I want to take a quick step away here before we let you go, Brandon, and ask you a question uh, regarding Nebraska basketball because uh, it seems like Trev Alberts put at ease the the take of, hey, Hoiberg uh, is going to or has the chance of being let go by season's end because uh, when, he, when he talked about Hoiberg on Wednesday, it was all about, hey, it's a total f- philosophical reboot and it's undeniable. And it's been really fun to watch this season. Uh, what does that say about um, Hoiberg going forward and the expectations that are kind of set for him? Yeah, I, I think it says to me that um, kind of the progress up to the point that, you know, Nebraska lost a couple of starters and we, we know the impact of that. 
that Albert saw it. And I, I, I was pretty impressed with where Nebraska was at at that stage about a month ago. Um, and, you know, it was, it was clear there's still a lot of, a lot of row to hoe here for, for Nebraska basketball to be a consistent kind of contender, you know, middle of the middle of the pack, a team, a tournament type of team in the Big Ten. They've got a ways to go there, but through those injuries, I'll say kind of the missing piece for me was, okay, you know, everybody likes Fred, I think, for the most part, whether the results are to your liking or not is a separate question. Um, but he's a good guy. He's somebody you'd like to see come back. It'd be tough to see him get fired, even if everybody knew. Well, you're kind of at the point where it has to happen. Um, seeing something out of these younger players, I think, gives me a little bit more confidence going forward that, oh, it's not going to be a total roster reboot yet again um because for me that's the biggest been the biggest missing piece there's been kind of no long build to to this nebraska basketball uh under this current coaching staff but you're starting to see a little bit of hints of promise at least i am from from some of the younger players on this so that adds up uh to i think you know it's he, he he's gonna have a shot to, to to be the coach going forward folks we appreciate you thanks so much enjoy the week thanks b You too, guys. Thanks a lot. We are talking to Mitch Sherman next. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Hey, welcome back to the show, 888-638-4876. If you'd ever like to get involved, it's the top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. But for now, let's change gears. Well, I guess we aren't really changing gears entirely because we'll continue One talking. One fell us off to another. Yeah, exactly. A couple smart talking guys. Talking college football. Uh, with Mitch Sherman at this point, Mitch Sherman is the... The big Nebraska and college football writer for The Athletic. Mitch, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Mitch, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I've got my my coffee, so that's fitting. Does it have cream? (laughs) (laughs) It does not today, but sometimes. So Mitch just has a taste of me this morning. Yeah, that's fine. Nobody likes cream. I get it. It would shock me, though, if anybody had a taste of me. Mitch, I apologize. It's just Andrew's just over here carrying on. I I normally you know us. I I would have got you earlier, but man, you were so busy because you got the insight, and you know I'm so shallow. I'm like, ah, everybody else is talking to Mitch, so I don't want to. Right. But well, then, well, and you just listen to teenagers, so <laughs> like you listen to them on the football field, and uh, yeah, when, when it comes to booking at, guests, at the high school. So Mitch, I apologize that I'm we're we're. We're late, man. I, but no, you're good. Don't ever assume that I'm too busy. But it's good. It's good. To, I appreciate that you were you were taking that into account. But thanks for having me on. I, you know, I was like, okay. So I always like different angles, and 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 you can go so many places. But I got to start with: Are you surprised or not at all? Because it is Dylan Rayola that it has garnered so much buzz that you had such good insight. No, I don't think there's a there's a an appetite to talk about recruiting in general. And then when you're in this situation right now with a new coaching staff and they're 
targeting the number one player in the country, and he happens to be the son of a, a former Nebraska great. It's like the perfect storm of things that are going to get people interested. So I knew in going to, to Arizona last week and, and spending most of last week, with the exception of a few hours on signing day, working on this piece that came out Friday about Dylan and who he is as a quarterback and where things stand with his recruiting, I knew that it would be um, something that generated a lot of interest. So it, it has, and, and that's good. That was the point of doing it. Mitch, keep it right there because Coach Rule is a fit guy, and whether you have no stars or five stars, if you fit in the program, Rule wants you at Nebraska. But knowing what you know, take it from the perspective of the recruit. Does Dylan Rayola feel like he's a fit at Nebraska? Yeah, I think that if he ends up being a part of this program, it's first because he's a fit and then because he obviously has the talent. I do think that that's what this staff looks for first. Now, you might notice a guy like Dylan Rayola because there's five stars next to his name, but before Nebraska and Matt Rule, this coaching staff, before they would get intensely interested and make somebody their number one target in in an entire class or even at a position group, they're going to find out about what that person is going to bring from a fit standpoint. And he has that, just the, the desire to be in a place where relationships drive the uh, conversation, you know, are at the forefront. That's important to him. And, and obviously, now that we've all had a chance to get to know Matt Rule and how he goes about putting together a roster, you can see how important that is to him. Uh, Mitch, on a much smaller scale, uh, give or take a star and a half, uh, I'm kind of dealing with some of the same things that I hear Dom talk about and uh, he's good bud, and you can bounce some ideas. But philosophically, when you look at fit, it's your son. It's however many years that they're going to be there. Do you feel like they do a good job of balancing the, hey, it's my alma mater, I could walk on water there, versus this is my son's own journey? Yeah, you guys have got some things in common, right? More than more than ever right now, more than your Nebraska heritage, it's got to be an interesting, uh, an interesting time when the two of you talk. But I think they do. You know, I think some of that comes from the experience that they had at Ohio State. Um, not just Don, but his wife Yvonne. As they look at this, um, and, and I, I talked to both of them about this subject of you know how they want to exert influence over Dylan. You know, and it'll be the same thing with Dayton when the next round of recruiting comes around. You know, he's got a Nebraska offer as a quarterback in the 2026 class, and I think more offers are to follow based on uh, getting eyes on him last week, too. I saw Dayton during the workout. He was there with Dylan, and, and he's grown three or four inches since the last time I saw him, which was in late October. So he's on his way to being a highly rated quarterback recruit too as soon as Dylan gets out of the way and he can take over the offense at, at, at Pinnacle High School where they're both enrolled now as of this month. But their their experience in going through what they did with Ohio State I think has taught them some things. And, and, and number one, it's to really listen, sit back and listen and let Dylan drive this thing. Um, and I, I think that's where Nebraska comes in because their knowledge – Especially Dominic, his knowledge, his understanding, his passion—it's—it's it's in Lincoln. His heart is in Lincoln, but they know that this needs to be a decision that D- Dylan makes for his own reasons and not because it's a place that his parents are familiar with. Just kind of 
knowing the family outside looking in. I'm obviously not a dinner a dinner guest, Mitch, but I think we kind of undersell Yvonne's presence. Uh, I know we talk Dom because we're familiar with Dom and we think son, dad. But, man, if it's anything like in my own house, uh, that female voice could carry a significant amount of weight. Do you get that sense? Absolutely. And, you know, that was one of the great things about getting to do this story because I know Dom, too, and have known Dom and was covering the program when he played and have stayed um, aware of what he's done over the years. But I did not know Yvonne, other than maybe meeting her one time on a, on a campus visit or, or, or seeing her. Um, knowing a little bit about her, that was the extent of it for me. But um, getting to talk to her and also getting to talk to Taylor Rayola, uh, uh, their oldest, who's oh, a volleyball TCU. player at TCU, that yeah. shed, shed some light also on the family dynamic. And, you know, I talked to Dominic about Yvonne and about what she brings to the table as far as what Dylan has as an athlete. She was a fierce competitor in her own right. She was a swimmer and a water polo player at the University of Hawaii, and, you know, she has this softer exterior when you meet her. I think you, 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 you get this impression that she's very kind and compassionate, and I think those things are there. They certainly are. They exist, but there's a fierceness beneath that. She's every bit the competitor that, that Dom is, and it's been passed on to their kids, certainly the two oldest ones. Um, I can't tell you about Dayton because I don't know enough about him, but they say that he's a mix of the two older ones. Um, when when they went to USC a couple of weeks ago and met Lincoln Riley in person for the first time on the USC campus, it was the first chance for him to get to meet Yvonne. And when they walked into the room, it was Dominic and 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 Dylan and Yvonne. Lincoln Riley asked. Dylan to introduce him to his mother. Mm. The first thing he did. And Dylan described the conversation to me and it was as if Lincoln Riley could do no wrong after that moment because he wanted to meet Yvonne. That tells you how important she is in the picture. Mitch, let me ask you something um, topically. Just because there are so, they're so measured, whether it's business acumen, whether it's NIL, whether it's two, three, four-year commitment, whether it's playing right away. Do you get the sense that uh, the the family, there's this quiet, that Polynesian influence, right, like that quiet warrior strength, that sense mm-hmm. of family. Coach Rule hasn't really had the chance to sit down with Dylan yet outside of just visiting in Arizona. Is recency bias a factor do you think with what he maybe feels about SC versus when he visits Nebraska, even though they do seem to have a pretty good blueprint on what they want to build? Yeah. You know, you ask that question and it's like, we've had this conversation before, but we haven't because, you know, I've thought that. And I think I've said some of those exact things in conversations that I've had since I got back from Arizona and I'm not saying conversations I've had in public. So mm. it's, that's really perceptive and Damon and, and, you know, obviously you have a great understanding of the situation because of, of your relationships, but those are observations exactly like what I made when he went to see Georgia 
play for the national championship in Los Angeles, you saw on his social media and you heard from the interviews that he did all kinds of hints that he favored Georgia. And then he went to USC when he was out in L.A. for the 3D QB training. And he came back, and it was all about USC and Lincoln Riley. And I'm not downplaying those events in in Dylan's mind, but I do think that a lot of that has to do with the coaches who made the most recent impression on him. Mm. And those guys at Georgia and at USC, you know, are great at what they do when it comes to recruiting. So they're going to make strong impressions on people. But to your point, he has not had the opportunity to sit down with Matt Rule and come to Lincoln since this new regime has been in place. Now, Dominic has been in Lincoln since the new regime has been in place, but Dylan has not, and his mom has not, and the extended family has not. They're going to get that opportunity in March, at the end of March. And it'll be really interesting to see after they go to Georgia, they'll have been back to USC at that point, and then they'll come to Lincoln uh, before the 1st of April. It'll be really interesting to see then how he feels about all three schools because they'll kind of be on even ground at that point. Um, Matt Rule has been there, but he has not had an extended conversation in person with Dylan and the Rayolas. Um, He does talk to them on FaceTime. But as you know, it's different when you sit down with somebody in person. And you know, Mitch, I want to go back to when you were talking about the family dynamic here because something that, at least the age that I grew up in, it's all been about, you know, social media and, and, you know, being a part of something in a digital world rather than the real world. And, you know, he's a teenager, right? You know, it's hard to avoid being on social media, but that's like something that the family really – really kind of said like hey let me manage this like they they were micromanaging his social media like his mom takes care of his twitter page his sister takes care of monitoring his instagram page so that he doesn't have to come across really anything but you know based on what you learned about his personality is that easy for him is that easy to kind of be off the grid and doing his own thing when all of his peers are doing what the rest of the world's doing he's really laid back and I've talked to him before, but but standing with him in in Arizona and talking to him in person, you know, you really get the un- an understanding of what his personality is like, and I think that serves him well because if you're the number one player in the country, you don't even have to be the number one player in the country. You can just be a a highly rated recruit. You can be a three star recruit who's got one or two offers, and it can still be overwhelming. Um, heck, you can be somebody who's targeted as a walk on, and it can be overwhelming to go through this process. So when you've got everybody in the country, every school in the country that wants a piece of you, um, it's really difficult not to, not to feel like um, there's just a tremendous amount of pressure on you. Not to mention the fact that he's in the middle of transferring schools. You know, Dylan was, was, had yet to go to school at Pinnacle uh, when I talked to him. You know, he's got, in Arizona, all kinds of people. I mean, it was the talk of, of the town in the football community in, in Arizona when I was there. What's going on? Why is he leaving Chandler? What, why is he going to Pinnacle? Yeah. You know, and, and as, as Dom and I talked, that was not a storyline nationally. You know, he's just transferring from one Phoenix high school to another to find the best fit for him. But in Phoenix, where he's at, and he's 17, he's hearing tons of talk about that, and he does a great job, I think, of compartmentalizing it 
and of, of just having the right personality so that it doesn't appear to weigh on him. He's focused on his training. He's focused on his school, on his family, on the relationships, the real relationships that he has, and that the people that he talks to face to face, whether it's coaches or trainers or whatever that might be. And he lets a lot of that other stuff slide. And in, in large part, it's because of some of the burden that um, people like Yvonne, his mom, and Taylor, his sister, and of course Dominic have taken away, taken off him, taken off of his shoulders. I'm gonna try to get into a couple quick things here, real quick. Mitch, how do you get the sense how important winning? is at this particular juncture? Well, I think he recognizes that USC and Georgia, and even if he extends his reach out to like Michigan or Oregon, that they're in positions to win championships that you're not going to find, at least this year, at Nebraska. Now, who knows in 2024? You know, he'll be an early enrollee, so he'll be in in college wherever he lands a year from now. And it's hard to say where Nebraska is going to be a year from now. Yeah, it's important for him to win. And he certainly recognizes what they're doing at Georgia. Um, he was there at the game. You know, he sees a team that's on a completely different level than, than what he's seen when he's gone to look at other, other programs. But I think when you're a five-star guy and you're that confident in yourself, you, you're of the belief you, 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 that you're going to help bring in great players around you. And just having a five-star quarterback you know, is going to bring any program seemingly closer to winning. Hey, Mitch, you know, there are so many stories to read regarding how much Dominic's playing days poured into Dylan's development. Uh, what in particular stands out to you in that capacity that maybe another recruit doesn't have because he didn't have the luxury of going to work with his dad every day? Well, there aren't many recruits out there. I mean, you could, you could, it's a very small conversation. Like Arch Manning is in this category, the number one player in the 2023 class who's at Texas now. And there are very few others who you can put in the category that Dylan Raiola sits in as far as the influences that he's had around him at the quarterback position. And you look at that in the surface and you go, what do you mean? I mean, Dominic wasn't a quarterback. Dylan didn't grow up uh, with a quarterback in his house. Well, he really kind of did because Dominic had this unique relationship, you know, going back to Nebraska in the way that he had a relationship with Eric Crouch, his quarterback for three years of his college career. Um, he had a relationship like that with Matthew Stafford, with Drew Stanton, with Dan Orlovsky, John Kitna, all quarterbacks for the Lions. Those guys were in the Rayola house. Um, Dominic was, was older than all of them, so when, when those quarterbacks came into the organization, he made it his mission to take them under his wing, not because he was expecting to raise, raise future quarterbacks uh, in, in 2020 and beyond, but that certainly has played a huge role in the development of, of Dylan and Dayton as quarterbacks because those guys were around the Detroit Lions quarterbacks, and they came to be uncles for, for those, those two. And they've absorbed a huge amount of just who Matthew Stafford and that group were as people and as quarterbacks. And, and you can hear it in Dylan's voice, and you can see it in his play, how impacted he is by spending time around those guys. Uh, last one for me, Mitch, and i got to take advantage of your depth. So I'm going to go topical here with Nebraska's coaching in the last you know, 15, 20 years. You've seen it close. You've covered it from afar. Now we cover it close again. This was a comment to me, and I want to get your thoughts. This is an outsider looking in. He says, for years I've said Nebraska, like Texas, continues to hire coaches that are learning on the job. The reason that Rule comes across so confident is because he's done this before. 
He doesn't have to spend time learning what to do. He's simply implementing his system. Get this, Mitch. No one on his staff is second-guessing him, and he isn't threatened by anyone on his staff. One united voice, one direction. He's willing to share the program with former players and coaches, but this is 100% his show. Sounds pretty factual, doesn't it? I read that and I was like, is that the key? Is that why we're tempted to mix the Kool-Aid without the sugar and with the sugar, Mitch? I think it's a key. It's hard to know what the key is at this point. <laughs> you know, we're gonna, yeah. We're going we're gonna to have to see this thing play out over an extended period of time and then look back on it and say it, that's the key or that was the key. Mm-hmm. But it's a key, and I think it's all true. Me too. And there's a tendency, yeah, there's a tendency when you hear that to want to compare it to past coaching regimes and say, okay, now I understand, you know, why it didn't work here for this guy or for that guy. And now, to me, that's not the point. To me, the point is to look forward and say, yes, these are all important aspects. These are, these are all important characteristics that Matt Rule brings to the equation. And it doesn't necessarily matter if the guys before him had that or didn't have that. You know, some of the coaches who came before Matt Rule, who came between Tom Osborne or Frank Solich and Matt Rule, had some of the characteristics that look it looks like are going to allow him to succeed. Mm-hmm. I don't know that any of them had all of the characteristics that it makes that it looks like are going to allow him to succeed. But we'll see if it if it plays out that way. Mitch, last one from me, and, and I'm going to go back to Rayola here, but I want, you to, I want you to address Husker Nation here. You know, something that will be hard for this fan base is if they go throughout this recruiting process being teased and tickled, and then, you know, maybe it doesn't go the way that they were hoping it went. If that ultimately happens, what is your message to them, and what do you think uh, you, can, you can say that maybe gets them back on the positive train? Well, it's okay to be disappointed if that happens. I mean, I think everybody will be um, around the Nebraska football program. But Nebraska's going to find a quarterback in the 2024 class. And Nebraska's going to put together a strong class in 2024. It's much more important to have a good class top to bottom than it is to have one guy who's the, um, the face of it. What they're trying to do is have, is have both of those things, and that would be the ideal situation. But there's no guarantee that – um, if Dylan Rayola comes to Nebraska or wherever he goes, that he's going to be the best guy in that class, that he's going to be better than what the alternative would be for Nebraska if it signs. So the, the sky is not falling if you don't get your, your top target in this class at any position, um, even quarterback. Um, but you, they're going to miss players all the time. But the important thing is that they're, they're in the game, that they're putting in the effort and, and maximizing the opportunity to be able to recruit a guy like this. You're going to miss some, but if you if you put in the work and you you know you do the job the way it looks like these guys are set to do it with players like Raiola, then you are going to sign some of those guys, and that's what's important in the big picture. Mitch, let me sneak in one more. Uh, a lot of you know, Devito's out of Illinois. Wisconsin's got a couple guys in. Iowa has a new quarterback play. Northwestern's made a change. O line and O C. Nebraska's doing what they're doing. Minnesota had some yeah. staff turnover, but Flex still in place with a couple of key defensive guys. Who's the most interesting? Oh, Purdue has a new head coach. 
Who's the most interesting team right now for you in the Big Ten West? Well, outside of Nebraska. You know, Nebraska's the most interesting to me because I'm around it and I'm covering it. I would, I would hope it's the most. it should be the most interesting to me every year because that's what I'm writing about. But I understand your question. I'd probably say Wisconsin. And that's, I, I agree. Dramatic, I agree. Yeah, the dramatic <laughs> difference and change that's taking place there with Luke Fickle. And you're talking about turning something, if not 180 degrees, you know, 160 degrees. So I'm fascinated to see what happens there with that offense and the, just the entire program and, and, and the, the amount of change. Because Wisconsin is a place that has not uh, undergone a lot of change for a long, long time. So to bring, to bring in this system and, and to do what – and I think it's good that they're trying to, to, to get ahead of this because there are changes coming to the Big Ten West. It's not going to be the Big Ten West forever. And they're going to be playing teams that aren't normally on the schedule in conference. So it's good for Wisconsin to do this and, and be proactive instead of reactive. But I'm really fascinated and interested to see what happens. Mitch, this was fun. We should definitely do it again soon. We'll share Absolutely. you, Mitch. Good we appreciate you. you. <laughs> that is Mitch Sherman, Nebraska and college football writer for The Athletic, which uh, some of the stories that he wrote just in, in, in recent weeks, I mean, I love um, – I, I love Hale Varsity yeah. because the, the, there are people, but The Athletic is another place for me that I find great information. Yeah. And if, and which, by the way, we've got to get Brady. I Tom? Keep, I, I keep saying oh, it. Not Tom Brady? Brady Oltman. Yes, and we don't. So Shane will hey, work next up, too. Brady Oltman. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll get another teenager to text us. <laughs> Time now for the Sports Six Pack on Coffee and Cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Presented by Zipline Brewing Company, makers of Dear Old Nebraska Brew, the official beer of Nebraska alumni. We are back. The Sports Six Pack presented by Zipline Brewing as our voice guy, Cam, said nice and boldly. And uh, if you want a bold tasting beer, you go to Zipline to find something like that. They have IPAs. They have the Dear Old Nebraska Brew, which is... In my opinion, the best one that they have, which it's no, it, it leaves no question why they want to make that the official beer of the, or which is why they make it the official beer of the Nebraska Alumni Association because it's fantastic. If you uh, are looking for something to wind down your day, your week, whatever it is with, find you a pack of, of Zipline beers because uh, you won't go wrong. I've, I've got the, that mix and match that we made for. My buddy, Oklahoma Tyler, he'll let us know because he's the connoisseur. Total connoisseur. And Zipline's the real deal. And uh, he's and his favorite is, I believe, I don't want to do him a disservice because he'll get mad. I think he's their, he's their Kolsch guy. That's what he orders. Zipline Kolsch with a K. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what that means, but it sounds good. Is it Bud? No. It's... It's zipline. What's wrong with you? I know, but is it like Bud Kolsch? I, I he doesn't strike me as that type. Okay, he's a sn- he's a snob. All right, <laughs> like, I don't know if I've ever he seen likes him. That, those high end brews. Listen, there's a ninety nine point nine percent chance I've never seen him drink a Bud Light. Not to say that he wouldn't. He's just probably not going to pay for it. He's gonna. He just likes other things. Is Kolsch an IPA? I'm asking the wrong guy. (laughs) We'll have to look it up. (laughs) Shane, let's do the questions. 
Hey, how do you split atoms? <laughs> I'd have a better chance of answering that. <laughs> I just figured out what IPA meant. When was that, Shane? About four or five years ago? Remember when I asked the question about hoppy? That's why when I drank that one, I was like, ooh, that's hoppy. <laughs> because I now... You, you sounded like you just went on a brewery tour. It's basically what I did. <laughs> Go, Shane. <laughs> How do you uh, how do you split an atom? That's the first question. No, yeah. it's not. Okay, funny guy. What does uh, IPA stand for? No, that's not it either. <sighs> uh, pale ale, Indiana pale ale. Indiana. India pale ale, I think. India, right? I don't, I don't even know. I'm pretty. No, I shouldn't even say. It's I'm Native pretty American sure. pale ale. Shane, you're getting us off track here. This dude said Native American. It's Indian pale ale. It's, you're okay, funny guy. <laughs> okay. Here, let's just go back to question. Oh, no, no, no. One. Now you're not getting out of this. It is India pale I said India. He right. was making fun of me because at first I said Indiana or Indian. I don't know what I said. Funny, has, Shane. Has, Funny. Okay. Has a athlete ever lived up or exceeded the hype put on them as a teenager besides LeBron? There's only I, one I can it, think of. It's a small sample size, but go. I'll say two. Okay. Um... Mike Tyson, Tiger Woods. Yeah, Tiger's probably the one for me. Um, I'm going to take this maybe a different direction in regards to hype as a teenager because we're talking Dylan Rayola all day today. Last week we talked Malachi Coleman a little bit. Like it, it, It's a lot of pressure to, to be compared to somebody that is going to be the next Patrick Mahomes in Dylan Rayola's case. It's a lot of pressure to come out of the state of Nebraska, play for that hometown school, and people think you are, you know, the second coming of, of a former great. Shane, let me think of one more. What, did Andre Agassi meet the hype, or did the little struggles that he had not allow him to peak? Because Agassi was handpicked as a, as a childhood phenom. Did Sidney Crosby... Meet the hype. Well, I know Connor McDavid has. Oh yeah, but I so far. But I think Connor McDavid has to. He's got to raise Lord Stanley's cup. Yeah, there are a few out there. I mean, but I think you have to. Le, LeBron, what LeBron and Tiger and Tyson did are unbelievable mm-hmm. because they were the best at what they did. Yeah. I think LeBron and Tiger are top two for me. Yeah, and I I would throw Tyson into that discussion. Well, the thing with LeBron, though, I mean... LeBron was, is... Ex- you could make the case LeBron has exceeded the there, lofty oh, expectations. absolutely. There was people that wanted to talk about that, like when that was happening, but then there was people that didn't want to talk about it. So it was kind of before that phenom of talking about a, you know, somebody that age being that good. Mm. I saw people on Twitter ranking games. They really want the Huskers to win next year. Now, I didn't really see that, but that's what this guy says. If you pick three games, how would you guys rank the teams you want Nebraska to beat next season? Easy. Iowa would be one for me, always. Two would be Minnesota because it's the start of the year and you're setting the, setting the stage for what's to come. And then Colorado would be third for me. I go Iowa, Wisconsin, Colorado. I don't think about when I didn't think about when Nebraska played Minnesota. Obviously, that'll be the most important game of the that week. But like, if you just ask me my normal preference, right, it would be Iowa, Wisconsin, and which makes sense. Colorado. Yeah, I put Minnesota up there just because it's game one. Yeah, it's the first game of the season, first yeah. game for Matt Rule. 
a couple of those schools could be a potential problem in my household. So be, win them all. Win all those ones that you're talking about. <laughs> and, and ease my pain. <laughs> if you made a way too early prediction, who's going to be the first quarterback off the board in the NFL draft? You know, my dad sat in a meeting with a, a guy's dad who – so the kid – so the dad had a kid that played high school football with Will Levis. Yeah. And uh, he goes, I'm, I'm hearing from, uh, from my son that Will thinks that he's going to be the first quarterback off the board. So I'm going to go with Will. <laughs> I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud. I'm gonna, I, I, I think it all depends on who trades up. That, that's a definite WWBD. What? what would Barry do? Yes. <laughs> I know he wouldn't draft Will Levis, number one. <laughs> and he would also make you go drive, right? We had kids that could drive. <laughs> to the draft? Yeah. God probably. bless Barry Rogers. <laughs> what is the one sports record that you know will never be broken? And, hmm, and is there one that you can think could be broken in the next five years? Uh, the one that won't ever be broken is Cal Ripken Jr.'s consecutive games played streak. You'll never find another player that plays, what was it, 2,900 games in a row? Something crazy like that. I don't care if the numbers were skewed a little bit because the lights went out one day. They didn't play that day. Um, I'm going with that's one. Nobody will ever break Wayne Gretzky's points record. Yeah. I don't see that coming off the board. I would say the one that could be broken in the next five years would be the single-season passing yards record in the NFL because I think Mahomes came like 250 yards short this year. And what's the, and he has touchdowns, right? 50, was it 51? Something like that. One that could be broken. Um... How about the NFL rushing record? What Emmett holds? No, single season. Oh, okay. Somebody could go for 2,200 yards, maybe. I'd hope. I mean, Derrick Henry got close, but. I, I, I would close say. Close, no And nobody run Like, I won't say nobody. A lot of teams don't run the ball like they used to. But that one is the most doable, mm-hmm. especially with 17 games. Dude, you go for 130 a game, which doesn't seem like a big number, although you're like the leading rusher if you go for 90 a night. I could say the NFL single season rushing record. Who's your pick to win the Super Bowl and why? I think we have like 90 seconds left. Oh, good. Thanks for helping us speed this up, Shane. You're welcome. Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. I was going to say Kansas City Chiefs because they're the dog. Wow, two Chiefs guys in the – I saw we're – 50 of the folks that were paneled at ESPN picked Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. A good team. Seems like that's the consensus. Give me to the Chiefs because of Mahomes. Question number six. <laughs> Would you rather win a conference championship or guarantee you're playing in the round of 32? Hey, this is that prompt that I texted you the other day. Conference championship. It would be conference championship for me, too. And, you know, Harder to do. I'll tease it here. Go to Morning Dump because I have some some things to say today. 
<laughs> in regards to this question, but it would be conference championship for me. But we got to step away here. We're going to talk to Brian Edwards of BrianEdwardsSports.com next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, we are back to wind down the show as we do every Thursday with Brian Edwards. But before we do that, I want to take a moment and tell you about Dingman's. Dingman's Collision Center, four locations throughout the metro area, along with their standalone mechanical shop at 120th and Maple. Somebody close by is going to Dingman's today, and that is my man to my left, Mr. Damon Benning. He's going to the place that's been in business for over 25 years, and the reason he likes himself some Dingman's is not for the same reason as Shane, but because... They are very family owned and family that's just run. Wrong. <laughs> they are a local business, and we support local on this show, and that's why we like to support Dingman's Collision Center. What's wrong with that? Why are you making fun of his crush? I'm not. I'm I'm trying to like speak it into existence. Like, is that possible? No, she's married. Well, Shane, sorry, buddy. <laughs> Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife. Yes, you can't do that. Oh, that you is, know one thing we can that cover? That is a commandment. That is some a winnings. How about mm-hmm. that, Shane? Can we covet some winnings, Shano? Are you with me? Or Shane's like, I'm out on these guys. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you mad? No, nah, I'm not mad. mad. I'm not mad, mad, bro. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not mad. I'm not mad, bro. He couldn't get out of his little Woodstock Snoopy house fast enough on Friday, could he? <laughs> <laughs> My man made a beeline over there. Hi, Darcy. <laughs> How do you think his voice sounded? <laughs> Shane, were you nervous? Do I, I don't know. Nervous? Do you want to? Uh, you want to just go to Brian Edwards instead? <laughs> oh, do you want us to? <laughs> yeah. He's here. B. Good morning, Shane. What happened to the open? Well, it's got the uh, it's got the the big intro with the voice guy and all that. Oh, and you want to get right? You want to? No, you want to get right I to Brian? I want to get right to Brian. All right. Yeah, well, I'm not shocked. You want to veer off the road? But and he's head got over a great Dingman's. open though that we made for him. Well, I didn't make it. Shane made it for me. I, I could yeah. play it here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who are we talking to? <laughs> who? <laughs> oh, that's who. Oh, Man, Brian, shit. I don't know if I would have known we were talking to you if it weren't for that uh, intro. How you doing? <laughs> What's up, B? Do we have him? Can you, can you hear us, Shaner? Uh, oh, he should be there. Well, he's probably boycotting for busting Shane's chops. Maybe. Or or he's like, man, I just want to get to my picks, and these guys are just, you know. He may have himself on mute. Hey, Brian, are you there with us? Go ahead and message him over there, Shaner. And uh, in the meantime, let me tell you about what happened to me this weekend. No. This past weekend. No. The only thing that I missed, the only thing. And I bought into the game. Is this what you told me you were waiting on? Yeah. No, No, that was hockey related. You were waiting on. Right. I bought into the KU hype against Iowa State because, you know, this was. It was just one and a half. Yeah. I thought. names. I thought, wow, you know, the way KU played offensively in their previous game. I know Iowa State is very strong defensively, but with the weapons and with Bill Self, I'm like, this one and a half. I mean, that should be. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just say I uh, stopped like paying attention in full about 
Did you think they would make 13 a 13 minutes into that game. You think they'd make a late run? I did because they kind of kept it close for the majority of it. But when you play 30 minutes of basketball and you score 30 points, you're not winning that game. Consistency at the point, that's what they need. Um, Looks like Grady Dick snapped out of the kind of the freshman lull too. Shane, do we have B yet? Uh, you can give him a try there. Hey, so. Brian, you with us? We don't have him, Shane. What do you mean I can give him a try? What, don't you we have know Chris P on YouTube saying that he's coming over th- over the air right now, like so they can hear him, but we can't hear him. Hmm. Ah, <sighs> sigh. Big sigh. Anora. Yeah. Cheesy line in Con Air that was one of the greatest bad movies ever. We'll have we'll have Shane keep working. Should I just go back to drinking? Yeah, 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 Shane. No, but I do want to talk to Brian because of the picks, but he's kind of funny. He lightens the mood for the week. Now, okay, I said I was going to go into this on the dump, but maybe I'll go into it now while we're killing some time. Before we, we can't kill time. We need Brian Edwards. Well, we, well that's Shane it doing be, his magic. It might be us. Is it us? Is it an us thing? Because I'm turned up. I can hear you. Turn it up. <laughs> Turn it up some. Uh, he's the best. Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to the sports six-pack question when – Shane asked, would you rather win a conference championship or guarantee you're playing in the round of 32? Because I I saw a lot of people on social media going back and forth on something like this. And Shane, do you you – one moment, please, AR. Shane, so our kind folks that are – they're telling us he's in StreamYard. At least Chris, Warren, and Mark are. They're saying he's in StreamYard. I see him in in our studio. (laughs) <laughs> Daniel, it's almost like a production issue. <laughs> yeah, it's a production issue. Mm-hmm. I'll try it again. B, are you there, buddy? Yeah. Muffins. That's a great way to put it, muffins. I mean, I'll, I'll just get him on the phone. Okay, that'll be great. Okay, you just want to call Brian I'll, on the phone? In the meantime, I'll finish my story here. <laughs> <laughs> so I texted W-W-B-D. this. WWBD. Yeah, I know, right? I texted this to Damon yes, or two days ago because I saw a lot of Wisconsin people talking about Great guard, guard and saying, like, hey, is he really still the guy because of the year they're having, even though he's won two Big Ten titles already at Wisconsin, which should be enough. But they're like, we want, we want wins during March. We want to get to well, okay. the Sweet 16. Um, let me ask you this. We only have the, four, yeah, Go ahead, Shane. It's your show. I'm pretty sure. Shane, do we have him? Yep. Brian, you there, buddy? One second. I got to turn the button on. Oh, my Lord, have mercy on me. Hi, B. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Yes. Oh, my goodness. What? And God said, let there be B. Edwards. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Man, my story just keeps getting cut off every time. That's what the dump is for. B, good morning, man. Now we got to go rapid fire. I apologize. No problem, gentlemen. All right. So. I've decided to go with the Eagles. It's not a huge opinion. Like I said last week, I also like the team total in the first half over 12.5 or 13 for the Eagles. I'm also going to go Devontae Smith to score the first touchdown, which should yes. be 12 or 13 to 1 odds. I've also got Kelsey over 78.5 uh, receiving yards. And tonight I have Northwestern plus 5 at Ohio State, obviously Chris Holtman, boiling hot seat. They are 1-9, both straight up and against the spread in their last 10. Uh, the Wildcats are 5-2, and two, both straight up and against the spread in seven road games. And they've won four of their last six, both straight up and against the spread. 
and are closing in on their second NCAA tournament berth in program history. I think they've got a good shot to win outright. I'll take them plus five, not against, you know, money line. If you can get, you know, at least plus 170 or so. And, uh, the I told but, Andrew this was when they had to pause for their COVID issues. So this was probably a couple of weeks ago. And they were getting ready to play Nebraska the following week. And I told him, I said, I think Northwestern's a pretty good basketball team. And I don't know if it's Audis or, you know, Boo Booey, like because the, they're the old name team. But they appear to be a, right? good, a good basketball team. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, they've won outright at Indiana, at Wisconsin, at Sparty. I mean, I think if the season ended today, they're probably in. Um, but it was certainly, you know, you don't want to lose to a team that's, you know, in a one and nine slump. So they definitely need to, I mean, not, you know, they don't have to get a win tonight, but it would be, it would certainly be good. Hey, Brian, what's your track record on first touchdown scorers again? It's pretty good. I've only hit four, but it was Odell last year. He was only like seven or eight to one. I hit Devin Hester, 25 to one, Bears, Colts. Brandon LaFell, 18 to 1, the second Giants Pats, and I hit Anquan Bolden, 12 to 1, uh, uh, Ravens, Niners in New Orleans. So it had been about a decade, so I needed to get Odell last year, so I went shorter odds, but I'm going back to longer odds with Devontae. I mean, does Jalen Hurts' shoulder bother you as, as erratic as he was against the Niners? You know, I, I think he's had two more weeks to get it get it ready and um you know uh we'll see uh his running was there though and that really is the key dynamic i mean obviously he's got to be able to throw the ball but i mean his running is what really makes that offense go and the offense it went enough i mean like we talked about last year those games were over at halftime if not before that um so he didn't really have to pad his his you know passing stats which look bad and i'm not against going under 242 on his passing yards um not against that i don't know who's going to come off the bench for the suns but man can they score i look at the trade on paper it seems like they got fleeced in the long haul yeah but do you like them do you like phoenix short term sure i mean look if they win a title it's worth it you know but um you know, they, they still got some injuries. I mean, they need to get Landry Shamit back, and these guys are coming back. Uh, but, you know, the the key pieces, like you talk about the bench and the, and the depth, uh, they got to get Shamit back, and Cam Payne is also out. They need to get him back. And uh, Booker obviously is, you know, about ready to go. So uh, let's let's watch them play for a couple weeks and see how they're looking. Um you know, they're, they, they've got a good – they're only two uh, – I think two games back of third place for Sacramento. So, that if they can get the three seed, they'd be in pretty good shape. you got to think that Simmons will like playing with Aiton. Um, Simmons? You mean, you mean KD? Ben. Wait, was Ben part of this deal? No, oh, I said no, that backwards. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that backwards. <laughs> You're like, good, good, good call, me. I'm losing my mind. Even Andrew looked at me crazy. Let me ask you one more real quick thing because I hear the bed music. So the Lakers can now avoid the play-in game. They'll probably be a seven seed. That's still not good enough in L.A., is it? You mean to not bust it up at the season's end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, uh, if you can still get – 
uh, uh, you know, solidify your future with, you know, uh, with a trade of LeBron at the season's end. Yeah, no, seventh is not going to do it um, in terms of whether you sit or, or whether you sit still or just, you know, get pieces for LeBron or go ahead and move on from him. I think you got to move on from him while you can still get a big package uh, at season's end. Be, we man, appreciate be. it, man. Thanks so much. Uh, sorry for the uh, the short segment, but uh, we'll try it again next week. All good, fellas. Y'all enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks for having me. Take hey, thank you. Freeze. And we thank all of you out there as well. Go to Morning Dump. That's where we're headed next for Coffee and Cream. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. We will see you tomorrow. Heard at Sports Radio, every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.